so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello and welcome back to the Marseille View. Hope you're all well. I'm Stefan. I'm your host. We've had a little break from the show, but we are back finally today with a new episode. And tonight's show will be covering today's loss at Lille, the death of the boss, Bernard Tapie, and summarising our recent form in both Ligue 1 and the Europa League. So, all in all, it's not the happiest of topics that we're, we're going to cover today, but it's it's been a tough day for OM. But joining me to talk through these items is Ben. How are you, Ben? Good. Um, I think I had I had a really bad cold week before last, and you've had it this week, haven't you? So we've both been ill. So apologies to everybody. It's probably why we haven't recorded because most of us have been sick. But good to be back. Yeah, mine was uh, sort of last week. Yeah, it was a bastard. Um, just just getting myself back to normal as well. <laughs> but yeah, nice to have you back. Same. Yeah, mine was was mine was harsh as well. But um, I guess that's what happens when you've been locked up and washing your hands and wearing masks for for almost two years. You're not you, you, your immune system is just not ready to cope. Uh, and also we've got Julian. How are you, Julian? Uh, hi, Steph. Hi, guys. Uh, yeah, pretty good. I'm still uh, I'm resisting from the cold, like in my very isolated Finland. And uh, so far, you know, so far so good, no problem. Sweet, sweet, yeah. Um, sounds like a good spot to be at right now, I reckon. So yeah, yeah. It, it has been all the COVID time, like one of the best spot in the world, basically. Uh, okay, so um, we've got quite a lot to. Well, we've got a few things to cover, and I think since we last podcasted, there's been quite a number of games, maybe five, six six games really um so we're not going to be able to talk about them all in detail but we'll maybe just do a bit of a sort of general summary of a form leading into the leo game today so just looking back at the fixtures i'll just read out the results first so we i think we last podcasted it was the monaco game um where we we'd won two nothing so after that um we faced locomotive in the europa league came away with a 1-1 draw in Moscow um, and then we went to we put it home against Rennes in Ligue 1 um, it was a 2-0 win for Marseille but after that we've seen us draw 0-0 at Angers lose 3-2 at home to Lens and uh, just Thursday there last week we drew 0-0 with Galatasaray in the Europa League um, so been a little bit kind of on a maybe a downward trajectory over the last few games. Um, how have you guys found our recent form? Like, in, how have you seen things develop in recent weeks? Uh, well, it's just gone from it's gone bad and then it's gone worse. Um, 
I think yeah, it's quite it's quite ironic that the, the last time we we re- well you guys recorded was was very positive. It was probably one of our best games in a long time away to Monaco. We were convincing. We were all over them. We were we were energetic. And since then, I think I, my my interpretation is that Sampaoli's tweaked the system a bit, but he's also tweaked the personnel, which hasn't helped. Um, and whereas I think in the first few games. We were very direct. We, we we were trying to get forward down the wings and, and use pace as quickly as possible and um, sort of open teams apart. I, I I get the impression we sort of reverted to a more sort of patient, less direct build-up where we tried to, to control a bit too much and pass it around too much in midfield and, and we're a bit sterile. So the number of chances created by, by games since Monaco has, has gone down more and more and more every game. And also, you've got to give credit to, to, to opponents. Um, you know, I think notably Loss, um, their game system was, was set up perfectly to counter our style, to counter our personnel. Um, so other coaches have obviously doing their homework. They've wised up to, to San Paoli's system and, and our players. And they're picking us apart. And they've, they've realised that if they starve us from the ball or, or that they frustrate us in position and sit deep, they will carve us open and, uh, when they get the ball on the break because... Sadly, that that is the the, the downfall of the, of this San Paolo system, which was already present during the, the opening games, where we were conceding quite a bit of chances and goals. But if you go to a possession style, and teams are sitting deep, then as soon as they get the ball back, if they're direct, it takes two or three passes to to, to suddenly you're 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 three on three with our back three or two on two on three, and it makes it very difficult for for us to defend properly because there's just so much space and it's it's going 100 miles an hour because the other team's countering. So a lot of questions for me moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think Ben uh, summarized uh, summarized things very well. Like I <clears throat> I don't have much to say. Almost like it, mm, I think we are also paying for. Um, for the for the fact that the like for example this Monaco game Monaco was playing the perf- the perfect game for for us like they had a very high defense line and it was great for for Diang and for a very direct play to to go through that and you know it was like a, it was like perfect and after that um, the other teams like which were on um, I I were much more um, defensive or then they they just read our game better like 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 tonight. It almost felt like um, like um, Bamba and, and, and Ikone. They had they really they really understood that if they were stop going do, uh, down the down the flanks, but if they would like you know they try to go through the inside a lot, and uh, Lirola especially and also Luan Perez were were very lost with with that thing, and um, you know it's it's I must say that I think we surprised a lot of team in the beginning and now. We'll have to renew something because um, they know who we are, they know our strength, they know our weaknesses, and um, you know, like basically now it, the, it it it's it's getting tough, and we will that we will really find out now in the next uh, in the next games like what this team is made of. I think for me, like the the results maybe are. Maybe I think maybe they make things look a little bit worse than they are because looking at some of the early performances anyway, like which so just looking at those last five games, sorry. So I mean we got some we were unlucky to as you as you were saying, we were unlucky to not win 
against Locomotive, and we probably should have won also against Galatasaray. So the two Europa League game, man, maybe should we have won against Galatasaray? I don't know. Two Europa League games anyway. We certainly probably should have done better than we did. Um, certainly we should have got more out of the, the game in law school. Um, I think um, the. I mean, obviously the the Ren game. I mean, that's a that's a good result. I mean, so it's not all bad, you know. But we did come away with two two nil victory against you know a decent a decent side, and it's certainly a side that's got some some talent in it. But yeah, there's certainly like an issue with the coaching. I think uh, I don't know what Sam Pauli's best system is. I don't know what his best eleven is, and I don't think he knows the answer to either of those questions. And to me, that's not a good sign. Um, you know, eight nine games into the season, I think he should really know by now who he wants to who he wants to play and, and, and what's his strongest side. So, yeah, I, I don't like that. I don't like all the tinkering. Um, and sometimes I think that his systems, as we've seen in, in recent games, you know, they, they can be overcomplicated um, as well. So I don't. Uh, yeah, I've got some issues with with how he's approached some of the games, um, but I think that. It's not all doom and gloom, and you know, coming into the Leo game though, I did have maybe not the greatest expectations that we would get a win, but um, and that's partly because of the recent form, but also just the changes in personnel, so like players being out, injury suspensions, things like that. So we've not had a good sort of um, a good run with our best eleven, and you know, we know that like we knew that we were going into tonight's game without, for example, Payet, um and Kamara not still um, back to his bit, um, full fitness, things like that. So I think um, I wasn't, I didn't have high expectations, but I think generally, um, yeah, we are on a slight sort of downward trajectory in terms of results. And um, yeah, I think we're about to sort of get into that crunch period of the season, I suppose, where, you know, that sort of October, November, I think is probably. Uh, Maybe more so November, but it's probably a period of the season that's a lot more important than we than we often think because it's once teams are start to settle into form, it's 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 a period I think that we want you want to be making sure that you're playing hundred percent, picking up points that you're not going to regret later down the line, um, it's, and that you're going to put yourself in a good position going into January. Um, any final think, thoughts? Just um. Sorry, I'm I'm Sam Pauli. You're right, Seth. And, and I I was my concerns after the first few games, and I I wasn't on at the time after Monaco, but I would have said this anyway back then. And we said it after Nice is that I found already his personality was erratic. You know, he was he looked like he wanted to pick a fight with everybody, and it seems like he settled down a bit for whatever reason. He's calmed down a bit, but the other the other erratic side of him's come out, which is his tinkering and his tactical. Bizarre is really. It's just it's a lot of things that I've seen in recent games that don't make sense. Whether it's the lineups, <clears throat> whether it's the, the the matchups that he's put in. So today, Nirola on the left. You know, we've got fit players. I mean, Amavi wasn't great, but you know, you could start Enrique and and you go and experiment away to Lille. You go and experiment with another completely brand new lineup with a player who's never played on the left side next to Luan Perez, who, who doesn't know him um, and has no sort of you know, connection or, or te- technical relationship with him. So it's, that's the other erratic side of San Paoli, and that's why I, I have doubts. I agree with you. He, he doesn't. I don't think he doesn't know his best eleven. I think that he thinks in his mind that he's got a best eighteen, and actually, 
well, we've realized that Amavi, Enrique, uh, you know, um, Gay, Lirola, they're not, they're not quite on form and they don't look quite fit. Arit is the same. So the problem is that it's all well and good. That, that, those, those individual deficiencies can be masked when you have a consistent starting 11 and they come in as and when maybe one or two of them for a game or they come on the subs and they, they get up to speed with the tactical demands, but also the fitness and, and, and the pace. But the fact is, it's just tinkered too much. And I would, I mean, you say it's not doom and gloom, but I think the more worrying trend for me I've seen, yes, the results, few unlucky, but my, my, my main worrying trend is that in the last four games, we've scored one goal. And Milik's back, it's fine. He'll, he'll get back up to speed in the next two weeks and he'll be starting consistently and he'll be match fit in a couple of weeks after the international break. But the fact is, we're creating much less um, and frustratingly you know I've complained about this I'm sure we've all complained about this in, in the last two years on, on this podcast is that there's an over-dependence on Payet or another individual making an individual difference and what's changed sadly what's changed because when Payet's not there against Lens if Payet's not there you, you lose that game you lose it but what if you, you know if you take away two goals it's 3-0 I mean you can never look at games like that but the fact is, he, he dug us out of the dog the dog shit twice in that game. And then uh, you've got Cengiz Under, who scored a few blinders, and he's, he's, he's playing very well. I think better than most of us expected him to. But yes, again, if he's, if he's been marked out of the game, or Conrad de la Fuente as well in the early games was very bright, and suddenly defenders have started doubling up on him, and he's not as good and not as effective. So... That's, that is the worrying trend for me, is that teams have sussed us out. And as Julien said, we need to, we need to re- renew something. There needs to be something new. Um, either we need to be more solid defensively and he needs to tweak something so that we're less exposed at the back, whether that's two defensive midfielders instead of one or whether that's playing four at the back. Um, or we need, to, we need to, 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 to find the style where... Yes, the defence will be exposed, but we're at least we're creating seven or eight chances consistently per game as we were up to the, the, the after the Red game. And since, since the, the Angers game where he changed all that personnel, it's been very worrying in terms of the content of what we're producing. It's just it's just toothless. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I was just thinking that the... Um... I almost had this feeling this this evening uh, during the game that Sampaoli um, didn't play his game tonight in the sense that he, I think he, he for for a reason or another he was quite worried by by Lille at least by some of the by some of the players and he tried to to adapt the tactic that's why I think he also made these these weird changes and these weird tweaks but um, I'm not a specialist of of uh, Sampaoli but I guess in a bit of uh, of uh, unfashionably manner according to the man's rep he he really tried to adapt our, our, our tactics to what he thought would be the strength of Lille but it it, it flopped and um and it's you know it, it, it's curious like I must say that what is a bit puzzling is that you don't really know like um you you can see that things are getting globally worse um but um you also think like is, is he doing some of the of the changes out of trying to manage like fatigue on the long term, or is he also himself still uh, tweaking and trying new things? Which is, I mean, very understandable in a way, considering we are early days with a team that is like 
for the most part, for a good 80% or like, uh, you know, a, a fresh team from, 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 from next year, from next, if you compare with next, next, uh, last season, sorry. So, but it, it's, it's all very confusing. It's a bit chaotic. It goes in, in lots of different directions and you don't really know, except that it's, it doesn't look good now. Also, you know, bit, bit of bad luck here and there, etc. And, and, and then suddenly things don't look bright anymore. The, on the other hand, you could almost think that out of this chaos will come some, there is a good chance that, uh, things will get good again because, um, the level of play today was possibly our worst game of the season. And we had some terrible moments, especially I think toward, for example, towards the, the, the middle or, or the end of, of the second half when, when we were always trying to, to rush away with the ball, like, like, and we were in panic and Lille was attacking and attacking the, you know, remember this crazy moment when they had like, they hit the, the, the post and a um, few times and et cetera. And we were terrible at, at, at playing our game and that, but on the whole, like under Villas Boas, for example, or, or under Garcia, I've seen way worse performances. If you look at the still the creativity and the things, I've seen way worse than than what what we saw tonight. Even though tonight was not a good game by any means, so I don't know. I let's. I'm not. Um, I, I think now a lot of uh, supporters are already like, oh, Sampoli, Sampoli out, and it's terrible. And I'm like, you know, you never know. It, we might all, all the same, almost like play a very good game again, a very good series of four or five games without a, a loss and three or four wins. It's possible. It's very hard to tell. It's a bit like we are throwing a die every time. Yeah, I, I, will come, well, I think we're just going to move on to Leo now, actually, then. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was kind of funny, Ben, actually. Just in my, I was thinking because you were talking about how Sampali... I think she's got uh, a best 18 rather than a best 11 and I thought well it's not really uh, it's not really surprising given that his formations look like he is really trying to reinvent the 11 you know the 11 aside in football cuz I certainly don't think he's really keen on the on the the, the standard um Setups is that it looks like he's almost trying to squeeze more players where he can. I think he's trying to reinvent the rules a little bit. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he's uh, got a different view about how many players there should be on the pitch. But um, anyway, so yeah, I think we can start talking about Leo. So like Leo was um, what was the early kickoff today? It was four o'clock. We don't normally play at four o'clock on a Sunday, so we're playing at four o'clock today. Um, away from home, I mean, against the Leos, I mean, this is champions, but they're obviously um, not the same team as last season. We've seen Leo in very poor form under Govinek as coach. and But I think, despite the fact that Leo being so poor, I don't think a lot of us went into this game thinking that we would take this easily. I think we, a lot of us were expecting it to be difficult for us. Um, now, we lost the game 2-0, uh, and to be honest... Deserve to lose the game to nothing in my view. Um, so starting off, guys, well, how did how did you think we performed? Did you think it was uh, a terrible performance or an unlucky game? Or, I don't know. How did you how did you see it? Uh, the, the first half, <clears throat> look, the first half wasn't awful, but it, it you know they took the lead. You could say deservedly so. But we weren't awful. But we again, we we just looked like 
uh, like we have in recent games where there doesn't seem to be a plan. There's, there's players like Nirola obviously playing out of position on the left that he looked lost. <sighs> the, the big, big question mark, and it's, I think it's, you know, you, you, you want to be harsh with him because he's, he's our most expensive signing, but at the same time, many Brazilians have struggled to adapt when they come from South America to, to European football and Liga notably, which is which is more, a lot more physical than people think it is. And so Jefferson is... <sighs> Starting to, you know, it's starting to be a bit awkward, really, because <clears throat> if you don't play him, everybody will moan. You've got to give him a chance to establish himself and take the rhythm and stuff. But at the same time, he looks rinsed. I think he just, you know, he played 25 Brazilian league games and, and Libertadores games before he joined us. Um, 25 plus. <clears throat> he's not had a, he's not had a break, um, and, and he, you know, he's adapting to European football in a system that demands you to run, run, run constantly. And, uh, you know, I remember notably the incident against Loss where Genduzi goes over and, and screams at him for, for not tracking back and leaving Luan Perez exposed. And um, he, he just looks like he, he, he he's, um, you know, he started okay. I thought he would come alive after he, he scored that goal. Um, I think it was against Santiago at home. Uh, when we won three one, and he he looked pretty good in that game, but he just he's just not kicked on, and um, that that was a big problem in the first half. Is he was he was played in that sort of position behind the strikers where Payet or Aritz would normally play, and he was ineffective. So that that was one of the main reasons that we didn't create hardly anything in the first half. And then, as you say, Steph, we you know we didn't deserve. I think two nothing sums it up because. There pretty much was nothing from a win. It, it was very insipid. It was just uninspired. Um, and as Julian mentioned before, the, the problem it leads to when you're when you're one nil down and you're under pressure. I mean, Lille had, didn't they hit the post twice, didn't they? And then the crossbar as well before they they finally scored their second goal. But at no point in between that period did we look like we were going to score. I think Milik had one header that was was off target, and that was the only chance we created. And Camara had a wayward shot as well, but it's just it just looks like everybody, you know, because you're chasing the game, it it leaves it with more space than usual for for the opposition. And the huge problem is, as Julian said, we look panicky. We didn't look like we had a solid game plan. Um, I think we're we're a bit over reliant on Genduzi to to put it out of the bag in midfield and you know carry the ball forward and dribble a couple of players and then pick a great pass or something. It's not going to happen every game. He's a young player, and teams have started closing him down. Notably, Lens did very well at that, and Lille today. So, it, it, you know, well done to Lille. They deserve their win, but we we didn't look threatening, which is which is the worrying trend again. I actually thought that we were quite decent actually until the goal. I actually thought we looked quite stable and quite well balanced, and I I didn't actually think it. W- it was a bad performance. I know it wasn't like a you, the the way we've been playing earlier on the season. It's yeah, it's kind of like a progression of how the last sort of five games had unfolded before, unfolded before. But I actually thought we looked pretty okay, um, pretty decent. I thought we were the better team, in fact, until the goal. And I thought that the system that he set up actually was a more sensible system than some of the um, tactical setups actually we've seen earlier on the season, which aren't going to work always anyway, but so kind of, it was kind of like, you know, like a 3-5-2, and it was kind of like what we played like last season under Sampaoli, actually, but the main issue that I had with it was that Luan Perez, for me, 
you know, as a, he, he seemed to be all, all, like a, almost like a left wing back, and I just didn't, I don't really think he's going to be able to offer that much um, in that role. I mean, per, for me personally, I'm not as like blown away by him as some people are. I know he's quite popular, but I'm, I'm kind of not really 100% sure about him anyway, whether whether he's on the left wing back or if he's on the left side of defence. But I, I saw he he looked to me like the weak link, or at least his side anyway was the... Was that certainly a weak spot, and it was kind of exposed in the goal, um, the first goal. But um, yeah, I thought we were okay. I, I actually quite like to set up. I didn't mind Hongier uh, playing that kind of ten role, but I, I I think he looks good. But I, I do feel like he's limited. I do feel like he's not going to quite make the difference. You know, as much as he's kind of neat little player to watch. You know, certainly when you've not got. Someone of the quality of of Payet or or even Arit, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe uh, with Rangier, you you kind of, you, you know, you, you get you get what you paid for, you know, you you're not going to get quite the the same level of quality in terms of like creativity, but I I I, I didn't mind any of it actually. I thought I thought it was okay, and then I think once, you know, the goal went in, I think we were the second best team clearly for the rest of the game and you know I know that he tried to make some adjustments Sam Pauli at half time and stuff and but it wasn't enough and, and they were, were too strong in the end. Um so yeah I don't know, I don't see it like as a terrible game, um or, or like a terrible performance as such, but it was like I think we I actually think maybe there's something mental going on because we're not able to we're not currently able to um respond you know, and you, the fact that you're saying earlier on that there's so little, we're not scoring enough goals at the moment, um, as well. I get, you know, maybe there's a sort of little bit of a confidence issue in the squad or something. I don't know, but um, in the past we've all, we've seen this side under Sam Pauli as one that was showing a lot of character and was able to fight back in games and and pull late goals back and stuff. And today it didn't look like that was ever going to happen. So uh, that's a slight worry for me. Um, sorry, I'm hogging the the mic, uh, Julian. Mm. Uh, sorry, you got anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, of, of just a few a few things like um, to add a bit to what you guys already said. Um, yeah, in my opinion, like Rongier probably was our best player on the pitch. It's you know arguably still had he had a good game um, despite his limits that that are there and. Um, I must say, yeah, Gerson is uh, is a big question mark. Uh, to be fair with the guy, like uh, on top of the physical issues he obviously has, plus the adaptation, etc., he has been playing most of her games in, um, in in different positions that that are not his positions. But um, that's also something like that is a bit hard to understand. Like um, tonight, for example, why? Why did I know Harit also has issues with uh, preparation because of the late uh, move and etc. So maybe that's the reason why he didn't play on the on the pitch. But you know, then again, that's also the things that you 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 would like to ask to some Pauli. Like I thought in my head, considering number ten, uh, it was Payet number one and Harit number two. Uh, that's where we got him, you know, in the first place. And then they played. Then uh, in the last game, some Pauli played Harit and Payet together and then you had it on the had it on the left if i remember right uh in some games and you thought mm, well you know maybe he's trying something but that that didn't work out 
And then tonight, uh, you think, why was Gerson so long on the pitch and, and Harit came so, so late, or, or why was not a starter? You could ask the same question for about Amavi. If you if if you if you play this sort of like five in defense, this this sort of five in defense line, like like we were a bit having today, um, why not choose Amavi over Luan Perez for that job? You know, like that's his real position. He you know, uh, there yeah, it's some some things are definitely puzzling. That's that's for sure. Just uh, let's just hope we'll see the light, you know, like, uh, and let's just hope also some Pauli will see the light. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people have been a bit harsh on Jason, to be honest. It just feels yeah, like yeah. he's, I, I know he's a big signing, he's spent a lot of money, so maybe he's always going to be scrutinised a little bit more than anyone else. Um, but yeah, I mean, as, as you both rightly said, like one, as you said, Ben, he's, he's played a lot of games, you know, so he, he could be very tired. Um, and as you said, Julian, he's he's been moved around the pitch a lot, so we don't actually really know what where Sampali wants him to play, what he feels is his best position, what his role is in the side. But I actually think as well that like um, he's you know he's coming from a new continent. He needs time to adapt to a new pace. Um, in Brazil, the football is very slow, um, so it's not paid played at the same pace as in France and. I think he's gonna. It's gonna take him probably at least six months of being here before he sort of settles in. I would imagine. I think if he settled in quicker um, than that, or at least if he was playing maybe a lot better than he is by now, I think that would probably be quite unusual. I think that would be, you know, I think that only happens occasionally. I think for a lot of South American players, it can take a little while for them to sort of find their groove. So I think we need to really just hold off on him a little bit and just give him until the spring really to see what he's really all about. I think it's unfair that people are just bashing him constantly about how pedestrian he seems or how sort of yeah, just sort of lacking emergency and things. I I, I don't really think it's that fair. Yeah, just just to add to Jason as well, I mean look, the the positive thing is for Marseille and for him, he's in the Brazil squad. Um and that's you know, that's gonna it sort of vindicates the money we spent on him because now Brazilian international <clears throat> on your CV, well, that means that the price tag will will, will go up if you perform Strap, well. We can save a profit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but at least you hope you can recoup your investment. But also, the travel. You know, the travel is the, the travel will will make a difference. And I, I, I again, another another in completely uh, sort of bizarre decision of programming the games but it's going to happen again and it happened the last international break where he's playing a game almost less than 48 hours before we have a league game and um you know i, I think rushing him back to play against monaco and and um and the same with with, with conrad is maybe maybe they need to breathe or maybe you just need to, to let them breathe a bit um and that 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 can't be doing them any good as well with the travel the, the fatigue, the matches, and the, and, and the stress and pressure of adapting to new league, as you say. Okay, um, guys, what maybe we'll just do our usual sort of um, section, like bits of the game. So, should we do um, tops and flops? I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if there's really much else I want to comment on the game. So, yeah, who who wants to do go first? Who were your tops and who were your flops from today's game? Go for it, you know. You go, uh, top and flop. Um, my top, yeah, uh, probably Rongier. My flop, uh, my flop, my flop, my flop. 
Um, bit hard to say. Um, I think quite many, quite many players were, you know, just didn't perform well enough. Um, maybe Luan Perez, but I mostly blame Sampaoli. Like, just Luan Perez, but because the guy was totally out of position. But he's by far not the only one who had, like, a subpar game today. Like, like Gerson also. Uh, um, Lirola didn't have a good game. Um, you know, it's, yeah. But, yeah, let's say, but for my... Um, for my for my top, I uh, also a mention to um, to um, sorry, what's the name of our defender from um, on loan from Arsenal? No, I have a, I have a bleep. Saliba. Yeah, Saliba. Saliba did a very solid game. Oh, he only on the goal on the first goal. He's you know he's, he's he's not seeing the ball and he's making this mistake. But that's almost his only mistake of the game. Otherwise, he's been really solid. So yeah, also Saliba. Should say to our listeners that Ben's the uh, Saliba expert. We may know, so he's, uh, he's, <laughs> not, he's providing scout, scouting just, for his other I club, did, did. Arsenal, on another on another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, 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 I must admit, I have I have been watching him. No, I have been watching him more closely because, well, you know, because they, we, we have to update the Arsenal fans, and they've kindly asked us to contribute and. Um, no, if we can give them an insight, that's good. And I think a lot of people, from what I've seen in, in the chat and stuff, um, when I do do the, the episodes with Tom from the from Guna Talk, shout out to them. Thanks again for having us. Is that the people are watching the Marseille game, so it's pretty good. It's made us more popular. But um, I'd, I'd, I'd put Steady Bay as a flop, not not just... I think it's because, yeah, the mistake, but, but I would I'd do it just, just for this past week because... He's 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 um you know he's he's sort of given us better performances up to the last week and he was um he was all over the place against Loss because they targeted him and you know nobody else was up for it. Bellardi was okay for a while and then he he, he just sort of got got overrun as well. Um, I would put Saliba just because I expect more from him and he's shown us that he can do better and um and the fact is that. Luan Perez, I think he did it, you know, a couple of times in the first couple of games where he he got two unlucky deflections on the known goal, but he was getting caught out all the time. Well, you have to point out that Saliba is now that that person doing that, and um, yeah, he's just he just he he'll he'll be back, he'll bounce back, no doubt about it. But maybe it's fatigue, maybe it's the fact that he had a great rhythm and Sampaoli took him out of the squad for for a game um, against away to Angers. And then you put him in at home to Lance and they, they overrun him. And he, you know, was, he made a terrible pass for the first goal that led to the penalty. And he, he, he was miles behind um, marking the, the, the last striker for, the, for their winning goal at the end. So, and today, you know, he, he, again, he's, he got exposed, but he, he does have solid games. He's, he's quite consistent, but he needs to, that's the one thing I think he needs to improve is his concentration. He needs to be consistent. Um, and he needs to to get back to his early season form, um, and then the top, yeah, I would I would agree, um, Angier because I have to have to praise Angier. Um, I, you know, I rated him the last two years. He's been a good player, average mostly, but he's he's shown us glimpses. Um, certainly thought that there's more to him than there, there ever was to Sanson, but. You know, yeah, he's kicked on. Look, he's he's bulked up physically. He his stamina is is incredible. 
he's a lot more precise. He's a lot more progressive with his play rather than than before, where he was he was sort of running around like a headless chicken at times last year under Vidas Boas. He he's found a purpose in this team, and he's found a place where. He, he's he's actually necessary alongside Gendouzi. I think that is our strongest partnership in central midfield with Camara. That's our, that's our strongest midfield because Gendouzi can do some of the work without the ball, but Angers work without the ball and his work rate and and when he gets it back, he he does turn forward now instead of um, backwards or sideways. I think it's, it has to be commended. He's he's improved, and I hope he continues to improve. Okay, uh, I. I mean, first I'll just say I thought Saliba was actually okay. I don't think he had a, but a bad game at all. Um, it's certainly compared to his game against Lawrence. It was a, it was the last couple of performances have been a bit more positive. But yeah, he he wouldn't be one of my flops. But he's, he wouldn't be one of my tops either. But um, in terms of I'll start with flops. There's quite a few to pick actually. For, I, I I believe so. I think. Look, I mean, looking at the goal, the first goal highlights some issues. So I said earlier on that the left side, Luan Perez, I thought just you know, yeah, it's too much space, and I just don't believe he offers enough going forward and enough steadiness at the back, even. Uh, and he he was certainly struggling um, with pace, I, I think, as well. And and you know, I I agree with you usually, and I think Amavi would have been a better fit to be honest. But yeah, so. He, I, I, was he too bad enough though for me to pick him as a flop? Possibly, yeah. Um, he didn't have a terrible game, but I just don't, I think he was one of the weak links. But actually, in the goal, I mean Saliba, like the, that first goal, Saliba, sort of, yeah, he fucks up. But also the goalkeeper fucks up as well. The goalkeeper is standing on his line and they're like, you know, dilly dallying about in the the six yard box. You know, the ball's kind of like doing a bit of like um, ping ball. And I just think the goalkeeper really needs to be the boss of that area. He needs to be just straight on that, closing down the space and the angles. And he's a goalkeeper. He never has much to do with him, but when he's called upon, he really doesn't inspire any confidence. I really don't like him, actually. I think he's not... I don't think he's a good goalkeeper. I know he's not had a lot to do to be really tested, but that's the sign of a good goalkeeper is one who has nothing to do and is confident and assertive when he is called upon, and he is not that. So, uh, yeah, I could maybe pick him as a flop, but I think there was worse players than him as well, even. Uh, so I would say that the two that I'd really probably want to pick were always, well, Chetisar. He was poor. He didn't. He just never looked comfortable, did he? And he looked like he was really struggling with the Coney. And he was hooked, wasn't he, early? And Dieng, I don't think Dieng had a great game either, to be honest. Uh, I think uh, you know he's an interesting little player, but I, I think that he doesn't have immunity just because he's a, a young raw talent. I think he's often, you know, just not making the right choices, missing chances. Yeah, it just it just wasn't his. He wasn't. It wasn't a great performance for him. So I think uh, he was one of the weaker people players in the pitch. I, I, for tops, it's a little bit harder because I don't think there was a lot of like great performances. Maybe Roger, Roger yeah. Um, did you see Gendouzi? I don't know. Gendouzi didn't have a good game. Yeah, but he was probably better than everyone else, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't, at least not his second half, I think he was 
he missed a, uh, he missed a lot of passes and he he I don't know I felt he really didn't have a, a good night but uh, he definitely I mean, doesn't know. deserve to be called a top I get I agree mm, with that but, that's for sure uh, I can't really pick I think Hongi and then I can't really pick think of anyone else who I think had a particularly yeah, yeah. had a good a game a problem, really. yeah. I don't think they all had bad games but I just I think it would be misleading to to say you know maybe you know nah like with players like Unda like there was there was some nice things he, sh- he showed but I don't know if again if I think there's enough to, put, to pick him as a, you, you a just, top you just you just decided he's your black sheep. You, you won't praise him this year, will you? <coughs> um, I mean, I, I did, didn't I say in the last podcast that he, or maybe that was in the group. He's he's you know he's pleasantly surprised me as his, his his form. But I will stand by what I've said right from the start. As I think over the course of the season, I don't think I I, I don't think he'll be a great success. I think he's the kind of player that will have bursts of, of form like at the start of the season and then be quite frustrating and ineffective for large periods personally um, and looking at the yeah that, the, the looking at his history that yeah, seems to be the kind of player he is yeah that's where that's where it's going to get <clears throat> difficult to analyse him and, and Gendouzi notably is because they've shown glimpse well they've shown very good quality that the, the start of the season they've been two of our, our most solid performers and, and you know sort of defied as well with their play and their, their goals and contributions and uh, and performances and the problem is is that I think I think I agree with you Steph on on the point that if if we if we're at the point where we're expecting Under to be consistent and pull it out of the bag that's probably unfair because it's not going to happen he's not that player as you said he's, he's not done that in the past um, consistency is a hard thing especially for a winger um, but but yeah if if we're if we're expecting it from from Under Slating him because he's not as good as he was earlier in the season. That means we've got bigger problems because other players should be stepping up and he should be contributing. But he should he should in no way be expected to lead the, the scoring charts or the assist charts. Let's be honest. Okay, so should we do takeaways as well then? So who wants to see first what the takeaway from today's game is? Possibly our, our worst performance uh, of the season. Uh, and still not catastrophic, but I really hope it was a miss and, and not the new trend. Uh, I don't know uh, yet, so for me, do you want to go? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, it's just it's just a conclusion from the run of games, really, and it's that we're on a downward spiral. Um, the international break's arriving at the right time. Uh, we don't often say this. I think the last one didn't because it, it sort of scurried our, our form a bit, maybe, with players travelling mm. and stuff. But we did we did have a few wins afterwards and we, we, we continued the form. So, But now, <clears throat> I think players need a breather. <clears throat> but I also think, more importantly, Sampaoli really needs to start thinking about alternatives or thinking about um, shaking things up a bit. Not personnel-wise, because he's done that and it hasn't worked, but tactically... We can't expect <clears throat> to do the same thing and expect different outcomes. It's not going to work. And um, I think it was Fio who said this in, in, the, in the group, wasn't it? That we were playing counter-attack. We were playing more direct football. And, and recently, we seem to he seems to want to prioritise controlling the games and, and dominating possession. But it's made us sterile and predictable. Um, and that, that that's the main takeaway from me, is that I, 
I hope I hope he questions himself and his methods and he finds a solution to this because it's not going to work if we keep keep doing it. Very good point. Hmm. I'm going to say that my takeaway is that I just don't always like the 11 that he chooses. I don't know if I always agree with Sampali's choice of personnel and I think he could be picking a stronger team and I think uh, connected to that uh, oh, what do I think I kind of confused myself yeah I, I, I think <laughs> I think I'd like something I, I know a lot of people are going to bash me for saying this but I think I would like to see sometimes just something a little bit more conventional I'd like to see someone you, I'd like to see someone play you know if you're going to play a 3 fight you know, or something with wing backs or sort of some sort. I'd like to see guys in those positions that are able to do that. You know, and I, I just like to see something that's a bit more balanced and a bit more conventional. Because um, I think that you don't need to to do the the wacky thing always. I I, I think that you know, with be for example, if you look at Bielsa, and then I I I I don't want to like suggest that they're the same thing because they're not but I think that with Bielsa like he doesn't I don't think his the way he, the way he moved players around and the pitch isn't quite as like um, it's not quite as extraordinary or as as, as un, un, unpredictable as, as with Sam Pauli uh, I think something with Sam Pauli could just keep it a bit more simple and to get the best out of the, the players that he's got uh, I think sometimes he's overcomplicating things and not using people in the best way, and, and I think we see that with players like Gerson, for example, or Conrad, um, and in some cases Luis Enrique. I just think that you're sometimes mm. asking too much for, from some of the players. Um, and today, saw a little bit a bit of that as well. You know, we see players playing in maybe yeah, some like for example like um, Gerson. I'm gonna try to find a good example of this today. Uh, well, I said I talked about Luan Perez. Perez playing further up. I don't really, didn't really think that was right for him. You know, there's even even Chilitasar, for example. We know he's not good in the, that role, and and uh, in that system, it's just not it's just not working for him. So you're going to play him, then maybe tweak the defence to to work for him. You know, there's just Indeed. lots of things like that. So I, I yeah, don't think he's always making the right. Reinvent the wheel, and and you know, yes, okay, pass out from the back, it's good. Look how long it took Liverpool and City to master that, and they've got way better players than we do. And I think I, I think I agree with you. Steph. Simplify it. Don't put players in in these uncomfortable positions all the time. It's not necessary to reinvent the wheel and play risky every single minute of every single game. <clears throat> yeah, uh, uh, you mentioned Bielsa, Stefan. I was just uh, I'm thinking that. Actually, you know, like people like to compare them a lot, but I think they're very different in a way, in the sense that uh, Bielsa will not, as Ben said, for example, overcomplicate things because Bielsa has this this one, like his his own game philosophy is so, you know, so much part of his own football identity that he will die with his ideas on the pitch and there is this one game plan and things will have to adapt to it and that's it. Sampaoli will be in a way more pragmatic, but 
that will lead him to complicate himself and and compli sometimes complicated things and uh, play a bit out, out of out of uh, nature somehow. And uh, and uh, you know that's um, one last thing about the players, like for example again like trying Kaletatsar and and players like that. Um, could also be that you know he he's he's about to say okay I'm not gonna play him like maybe a few random cup games or something but I don't want him to say that I didn't give him a chance I gave him a chance he was uh, in the first eleven twice he was shit twice now sorry but you were uh, or defender number five and that's it you know it could be also something like that like but I don't know like uh, yeah 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 um, okay so we. Before we finish off, we said we were going to talk about um, the really late uh, Bernard Tapie. Um, so, our former president, uh, our most fam famous and successful president in our history, and arguably the, you could say the most famous and most successful, well, one of them anyway, in French football history. Um, I know, like, maybe PSG and the Yon fans would maybe say otherwise, but um, yes, yeah, so, Today we had the sad news that he he passed away after a a long illness. I I guess he's been ill, isn't he, for quite some time with cancer. Um, it's not really a, a big shock that he that he's passed away, but um, nonetheless quite quite sad. Um, now I think maybe what we'll do is we'll just maybe have a a little bit of chat about him and and his legacy. I, I mean, I would just say like I probably you know because. With with used to like sort of growing up in France, you'll probably know him a lot better than me. Um, I for me, for me personally, I mean I I I've known better, as long as I was a Marseille fan as a kid. Obviously, I, I I've known about Tapi and um, when I fell in love with the club was was when he was the the president. But I probably didn't know him maybe quite as well as you. I was a, I was a young child as well. But I certainly knew from the beginning about his um, how would you say his. Uh, the what's the word I'm looking for? The I guess there's a kind of aura around him, and I knew about how how highly valued he was. Like you know, as this as a I guess as a powerful figure, and and so you know how important he was for Marseille and their success, both on and off the pitch. You know, he was certainly not just um, responsible for building a great side, but also like for given them much more clout as well politically in France and, and you know, and just like their, 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 their place in world football. But I was also, I mean, right from when I was a child, I remember what I was told from my, my you know, my, my, my parents, my family, um, was that, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't innocent either. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I was always aware that he was a bit of a crook. You know, there wasn't like oh, there was some bad things along with the good stuff, wasn't it? We can't deny that he was responsible for, you know, some of the most shameful, shameful moments in our history as well. Like thinking things like the Valenciennes affair and stuff. Um, so we know that his history is one that's kind of you know, grey, <laughs> um, but still very much loved and adored by, by Marseille fans for the success that he brought us. Um, yeah, I don't know, guys. What, how do you feel about it? Um, I guess for me, it's like... Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a club legend, isn't he? Um, but you could easily, like, have gone the other way, I think, in some ways. You know, you could be... Um, it, it could have gone really badly for him. I wonder if, we, if we'd become much more successful after Tappy, whether we would still 
glorify Tappy in the same way. I do. I, you know, I do wonder. Like, but, um, but yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll leave the, think, the floor to you guys. Yeah, I think he laid that. Well, I agree with you that we look. we will have success again in the future and be, in there, be on top of Europe one day. Everybody hopes that about about a club that's done it once and has that history and has that capability. But he laid the foundation. He made it possible to dream for a club like Marseille. PSG have, have spent two billion, played one final, um, and have, have had some pretty embarrassing results over the last few years. It just goes to show it's not all about money. It's about having the right people. Um, I think Debut, again, like you, Steph, I, I, you know, I was young. I was in France, but I was young. I was four years old when, when Marseille won the Champions League. And what I've always read and, and heard about him from, from family and friends is the, the guy was a tycoon, you know, he was a, he was a media tycoon. Then he took over Marseille. Then he got involved in politics. And I think they, he was too, too big a threat, like other figures in, in, in French political past, like Coluche and, and Balavoine and people like that, that, as it happens in every country, if someone's making too much noise and, and threatens you, you clip their wings. And so I think he had the target on his back that he painted himself because he, he put himself in that position. Um, he was ruthless, and I think that's the side of him that, that people forget, whether it's with football, whether it was for a benefit or, or against the club sometimes, certainly in, in the later days of his reign. Um, he was ruthless, and he, he, he thought he was a bit untouchable, um, and it, it led to whatever happened. But overall, it's a sad day, you know, it's a sad day, but it, it was coming. He's been ill for a few years now, and, and I think it's to his credit, the guy was just a, a beast. You know, he, he would never back down from a fight and, and he put on a bloody great fight against this horrible cancer he had. And he will be remembered fondly by Marseille fans. And, and you know, I think that's that's the typical um, folklore where we're biased or we like to blind ourselves from certain truths and certain, certain you know, hurtful things that we don't quite want to admit or we want to interpret in a way that's, that's, that's favourable. Um, so he will he will be viewed as a legend always by anybody connected with Marseille and anybody who loves this club. But he he will outside he he will always be viewed as a controversial figure, um, which is probably accurate and a pretty fair description of him. But it's a sad day and you know it's just yeah the pain he must have gone through in his family. You know we can only thank him and pray tribute. And we've lost a lot of great Marseille figures recently. You know Pep Duf, um a couple of years ago or last year I believe. René Melville, you know, one of my most famous fans last week. Um, and it's just a lot, a lot of death and, and, and that support for Clément, who sadly died in a bus accident on the way back from Angers. And it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's just very saddening that all of this is happening at the, at the same time. But this is the way life goes, you know, it comes, it always comes in two or sort of threes, uh, good or bad. Um, I think just to, to conclude on him, I was, um, I, I did, you know, I was a bit moved to tears. I did, I did have a little tear on my, down my face when I, uh, I listened to Eric Dimiakou speak about him earlier, and he, you know, he broke down in tears, bless him. And you know, he was basically very honest. He said, "Look, I, I was at the club. I wasn't one of these these superstars at the time. I came through the academy, and so for me, Tapie was Monsieur le Président. He would, you know, he would call him vous. He, he wasn't intimate or, or or friend with him like other players were and, and became afterwards." Um, but he does he does recall that in recent years <clears throat> they got the the chance to reconnect and speak and um and Tappy said to him, Look, I 
uh, we didn't have that relationship because <clears throat> I don't think you needed it. You know, I think that you were you, you you were one of our most emblematic figures because you were a youth products academy. And for me, I I don't think you needed that encouragement from me. I think you were quite capable of doing it yourselves. And I, I I'm very fond of of our time together, and I'm very fond that we developed you as a youth player and that you, you, you responded and rose to the challenge. And, um, and so, yeah, it just, it just says a lot about the guy who everybody who's come across him will, will tell you he's one of the most you know, sort of outspoken, but one of the most emblematic charismatic figures they've ever, they've ever worked with or, or dealt with. And um, that's it. That's the way we need to remember him is thank you for the, the amazing, amazing times in the, in the late eighties, early nineties. Thank you for putting us on the map of European football. Um, you know, rest in peace and, and support to, to the family and all the all the other fans who are heartbroken today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys said already a lot of things. Like I was a bit uh, was a bit older um, than you guys when um, when we won the like the the Coupe d'Europe '93. Uh, so I was like 12 years old. Uh, one memory I have. I have from it is uh, on the morning after we won, like I had watched the game with, with my dad and we were driving <clears throat> on the way to school. And uh, I, for some reason, I always remember this, um, this, uh, this moment in the, in the, like on, on the, on, on the journal, on, on the radio on the morning. And they were saying the way uh, Tappy had like kept the, the cup with him and some stories said that he had he had tried to sleep with the cup or at least like played lots of time with it and he was so happy to get it and so proud and and that's one of the memory I will always you know thank the man for like that moment like like uh uh yeah it's it's controversial figure of course um but as as a Marseille fan, you you know it doesn't matter. You remember other things. Um, on the whole, like a great a, a great figure, and also like um, a boss, a bit like also from the olden days. I don't know how a character like him could fare uh, in the you know in 2020-21 football. Uh, so also like uh, you know it's is the man just passed away today, but. Already, you start the myth who is like already, you know, like uh, client, like getting bigger and bigger. Um, like the legend is 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 already there, and it's it's a legend from uh, you know f from a time that that was glorious for 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 a club, and but that that's also like definitely the past. So yeah, it's um, a little bit little piece of of my youth that also gone, you know, with with Bernard. So like. Like like for millions of other fans of OM, and yeah, of course, rest in peace. Okay, yeah. Um, I just say that to to finish off that it's kind of it's, it's very sad that like we've kind of lost. Um, well, from that '93 side, we've lost Goetal, um, Hidalgo, mm. and yeah. now Tapi. Um, and yeah. I think those those are probably the three most important figures I would imagine. Um, you know, outside of the players, so the three figures that built that 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 side. So, so yeah, it's it's very sad, isn't it? It's the end of that is now the 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 end of an era, I guess, isn't it? That's, maybe that's not the right way, to, the right expression for this moment, but um, yeah, it does. There's the closing of something anyway. I don't know what the the, the, the better expression is, but um, 
So yeah, um, I think, I think the, touching, the touching fact for, for all of these guys and, and René Malville and, and others that have, have left this club, Juf, <clears throat> but even more so for Tapie, is that he, he, he made it his personal goal to win that trophy and to, to put Marseille on the roof of Europe and to you know, sort of wedge Marseille, as you said, step into a position where they were taken very seriously by UEFA and, and other big teams around Europe. <clears throat> and I, I guess in a way, it's, you know, it's a bit of a fitting memory and a fitting legacy for them that they, they've all passed away and nobody else has done it since still. Um, so, you know, they, they will always be a jamais les premiers, but even more so, they, they, they can take that to their grave happy saying, yeah, you know, everybody thought it was easy. It's not. And, um, you know, we, we, we did, we did, Marseille did something, and Tapie and all of those, those people, Hidalgo, Goetales, they did something truly remarkable th- those years. Yeah, but I, I do think, uh, uh, maybe it's too early to be saying something like this, but I do think now is the time for um, the club, for and for all of us really to move on and to for the club to move out of the shadow of, of Tapi and that team. I think they, they, they need to, to be able to, to kick on and, uh, 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 yeah, and, and yeah, I think agree. Tapi's presence as well is always kind of overshadowing whoever's in the job or president and there's always those comparisons and Tappy's always in the press making um as being asked his opinion on how things are getting run and yeah and I, I think um the club do need to move on uh, and, and so maybe in, in some ways maybe I thought it's not maybe not a very sensitive thing to say I'm, I'm probably not putting it um, very well but yeah maybe this this is the natural um course of events and maybe you know we'll see in the future a club that can sort of redefine itself I suppose freely um, without you know being judged by the past always so, um, I don't know I'm trying to find some positive spin on it but probably not doing a very good job I'm not known for my sensitivity anyway I'll be honest um, but yeah um, I think we'll just uh, we'll end it there tonight so uh, nice to to be back after a long period out, well a few weeks out but um, yeah not in, obviously in, in sad circumstances but you know we, um, we, 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 we we continue and we wait for the next game um, I don't know when we'll, 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 we'll next podcast possibly, there's a bit of a break isn't there with the international break and I don't know if we'll, we'll look to, to regroup after uh, Lorient or I'll wait for the the, the, the classic uh, I don't know if that's uh, I don't know if any of us will want to podcast after the Paris Saint-Germain game, but who knows? We'll get some. Of course, after <laughs> after a, after a three 0 victory, we will definitely want to podcast. <laughs> Let's hope so. But yeah, there's three games that week, isn't there? Because we go to we go to Rome as well, don't we? Or or Lazio? Yeah, Lazio. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you know, it could. I mean, for me, out of that week, looking ahead, you know, if we if we win against Lyon and we we need three points on the board in in Europe, I don't really care about PSG. Um, that game's been a write-off for years, apart from last year. You know, you just, you just go into that game expecting to get hammered. So, yeah, that's all I want from that week. So, yeah, hopefully there will be some positive. If Randy did, it, we can do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good night, guys. Good night, guys. Yeah. Thanks, everyone.